Hey everyone, welcome to Remap. My name is Jared, and today we're going to be talking about Mass Effect Legendary Edition, just recently released by BioWare. And I'll be starting out with my spoiler-free review, and then later on I'll take some time to talk about some more specifics, but don't worry, I'll give you a heads up. And as always, these are my opinions and mine alone. So, I've been playing this on the Xbox Series X, and after completing it, you know, I thought about making three separate reviews, but Bioware didn't release three separate games. You know, it's everything's bundled together, so it's only fair that I look at it as a whole, since you're paying for, I mean, the Legendary Edition. And for those who are unaware, this Legendary Edition includes Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3, as well as all of the DLC for them. Now, there's a couple things removed, like the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, but you're pretty much getting everything. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, the multiplayer was neat, but uh, you're, you're getting everything that you need. Now, fortunately for us, Bioware was kind enough not to pull a Nintendo, and they actually, you know, put some effort in and remastered the games, instead of just porting it over and calling it a day. There's a full visual remaster, new textures, lighting, shaders, you know, they're, they're advertising that sweet 4K, but more importantly to me, huge performance improvements and some much-needed enhancements to Mass Effect 1. Now, I had played Mass Effects 2 and 3 back on the 360, but it's been years and years since I had revisited the franchise, and I remembered those games fondly, so I was really hoping they would resonate with me as much as they did back, you know, years and years ago when I played them. Well, breaking news to almost nobody... This is one of the greatest gaming franchises of all time. If you don't want to sit through my review, you know, we're a couple minutes in, just go buy it. You won't regret it. That's my recommendation. You could just end this now if you wanted to. I mean, these games, these games. So starting off, visually, the graphical improvements, they're, they're phenomenal. They're great. Games look much more modern. You know, with the characters and environments looking crisp, a lot more detailed, and I'm 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 really happy with what they did. Obviously, it's not going to be looking like a a a modern built from the ground up in 2021 for next gen hardware, but it looks really good. Um, and it makes it so much easier to get immersed into the the awesome story when the characters look you know much more real. But similarly to the originals. A number of characters have different models and different games, and you'll quickly decide which ones, you know, you, you like the best, or maybe resonate with you more. Performance-wise, the games ran great for me. Nice, solid 60 FPS, as I expected. Only a couple crashes and over 70-ish hours of gameplay, so I can deal with that. Um, the super quick load times make it, make it all too easy to just have an excessive number of of save files. You know, come go through a 30 second little combat encounter, save. Go through a quick little story bit, save. I I would not recommend saving as much as I did. I got carried away a little bit. But getting into gameplay is where we start to see some of the differences across the three games. And it it pains me to say it, and this is going to be a theme throughout the rest of my review. But Mass Effect 1, it's it's pretty dated. The gameplay just feels so much clunkier, 
and slower. The powers just do not feel good to use at all. The AI is just bad. And don't get me started on the Mako. That thing, oh my, mm, the, it's it's just bad. And when I realized that the first game actually had improved gameplay elements and controls, I could only think, uh, how awful was that aspect of the game at release, you know, over a decade ago? And even with the tweaks and improvements, you know, I've got nothing good to say about the Mako. Like, if they would have just taken it out, two thumbs up for me. That, mm, that thing was absolutely useless. And I'll have some comments on one later. But going from one to two, you can clearly see a ton of gameplay issues were resolved. The combat feels so much more fluid. The powers are actually useful. They, they become fun to use instead of just a, a waste of time even thinking about them. But I got to compliment Mass Effect 1 in that, I mean, it started the whole thing. It laid the foundation um, for an excellent story and an excellent soundtrack. I was was pleasantly surprised by by how much the soundtrack resonated with me. You know, many of the songs are used in all three games. And when you have these songs, you know, repeated again and again and again, they carry with them a certain tone. You know, you, you see them in a very emotional moment. You hear them, rather, in a very emotional moment involving character A. And maybe 20 hours later, look at that, character A's back. And wow. The song starts playing, and you 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 start to feel the the emotions you felt, you know, twenty hours of gameplay ago, which may have been days or a week ago from when you played, but it all starts to come back to you, and it it just gets you so much more immersed and invested in the story with this great soundtrack, and and I've got got to give the team a ton of credit for the soundtrack and the sound design. Because, like I said, it it really helped me get immersed in the story in the world, which is what I want a good soundtrack to do. You know, if if hearing a, a song makes a moment more emotional, that's that's a job well done. And it helps that I legitimately enjoy the music. I think Uncharted Worlds might sneak into my Spotify Top 100 this year. It's it's that good. And when you play the game, that that song will hit some emotional beats with you when you start hearing that thing after a bunch of hours. And just a side note, I don't know why there's still some studios that don't put their music on streaming services. Like, come on, guys. Uh, we we want to listen to everything on Spotify. And thank you to Mass Effect, because when I looked up Uncharted Worlds, it was on Spotify, so I appreciate that. Now, with all that being said, I want to talk about what people actually care about. You know, all the all the visuals are, you know, great and all. The the characters are neat. The um, songs, soundtrack's nice. But what people actually care about, and, and I just spoiled it right there, is the world building. This franchise, the world building that they do is nothing short of incredible. And when I say world building, I mean, as I mentioned, um... The characters. Oh my gosh, that that that's that's the most important um, piece of this world building. You got the story, the planets, the lore, and the characters. They oh, they just pull you into the world. This is not a cookie cutter RPG. When you talk to one of your squad mates once or twice in each game, and it's just like, oh hey, 
nice to meet you, go do this mission with me, yada, yada, yada. They all have different motives and flaws that help you connect with them, and, and they make them more than an expendable ally. It's not like, oh, darn, you're going to go over here. I hope you don't die. Like, you you can get emotionally invested in these characters. And and all of this is helped by the, the character design and the voice acting, which I cannot say enough good things about. The character design and voice acting, like, 10 out of 10 in that aspect. If, if every game had as much time and effort put into those two bits, there'd be a lot more uh, great games out there. And my favorite parts of this franchise are the moments where Shepard's interacting with these characters, just having conversations about life, missions, hobbies, galactic politics. The the best compliment that I can give to the, the story and lore of this franchise is that it makes cross-species politics fun and engaging. That's a sentence that you'd never expect to say. But I want to know more about why these races don't like each other. How, you know, the planets and the star systems of this galaxy were shaped by different races and conflicts, and how my choices will will impact the galaxy. Because these games are not black and white. You know, there's plenty of RPGs, and this is not a shot at other RPGs. I, there's plenty of games like what I'm about to describe that I love, um, but there's a lot of RPGs that are just press A to save the people. Where Mass Effect is like, well, you could press A to save these people, but think of the ramifications if you save them. Should you save them? I mean, is it worth it? Will it help the galaxy as a whole? There's some gray area there, and you know, there's multiple occasions where they're like, all right, you don't want to save the burning orphanage? All right, you don't have to. Um, But fortunately, these decisions and conversations aren't stuck in a clunky UI. Because it would be so easy for, for all these incredibly deep and and detailed conversations to be just, you know select from a page a result of, of responses and just super specific, hard to get around. But the dialogue wheel is so simple that it's perfect. It's the most straightforward thing, and it's it's it, it makes me happy to just see some quality UI that they went, wait a minute, this thing works. We're not going to change it. It's literally the same in all three games because it just works. But what I'm most impressed by is how the developers crafted a story that works across three games. I mean, the games not only have to be playable individually, but you need an overarching story to tie them all together. And Bioware not only did that, but major choices in one game actually impact what happens in future games. It's, it's not a very common occurrence. I mean, you know, you know, a lot of games have, oh, a new game plus where you can carry over your, um, you know, skill tree and weapons. But this game literally says, hey, you know, those decisions you made in Mass Effect 1, well, Mass Effect 2, uh, certain bits are going to be different based off of those decisions. And it just takes the immersion to the next step. 
So overall, I'm going to give Mass Effect Legendary Edition an, an A. Like, you are getting over 70 hours of incredible characters and a story that every RPG fan should at least try. Like, this this is a... Heck, I might even get it, give it an A+. Plus. It's, it's right on that A, A-plus line. You know, I try to reserve A-pluses for, like, you know, my favorite games of all time. But, I mean, Mass Effect 2 is one of my top 10 favorite games of all time. I mean, now, I will say, and I, I mentioned this earlier, Mass Effect 1 is pretty rough playing it today. I'd still recommend toughing it out for about a dozen hours or so. Just so you can meet the characters and get to know the story from the beginning. But if you want to start um, with two, I can't really blame you. And, you know, as I mentioned, Mass Effect 2 um, has always been considered the golden child of the franchise. And like I said, I have to agree. It's 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 in my top ten favorite games of all time. It is It is just so good. And you can clearly see... The problems they fixed with one, the the tweaks they made, and they took something, they, they took a great foundation and just built a mansion on top of it. They went above and beyond. But one last moment in my review, recommendation, if you know you're still thinking about getting the Legendary Edition, I can guarantee to you that if you play through Mass Effect's one two, and three, three all the way up to the final mission, and have connected with the characters, are enjoying your time with the game, the Citadel DLC in Mass Effect 3 will single-handedly be one of the greatest experiences you will ever have in gaming. It's incredible. But that's the end of my review. I'm now going to be talking some spoilers, so if you have not played this franchise, please leave, okay? You deserve to experience this for yourself. I cannot recommend it enough. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you're still here, can we quickly talk about how awful the Mako is again? I mean, uh, I want to know who greenlit that hunk of junk. And decided to put it on hilly terrain. There's literally no point to that vehicle. It, it, it would have been the exact same to just spawn me at the actual start of a mission. Instead of dropping in a monster truck on a planet and having me drive it around. I remember the, the Luna base, you know, when you're trying to get rid of that VI. You just drive your truck up. You shoot a couple turrets. Then you have to drive it around to each little entrance like why couldn't you just spawn me in one of the entrances and just have that be the mission it 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 makes no sense but starting with mass effect one i am glad that i played it you know it it may have been stiff with by far the worst combat out of the three but i got to see how how some of my favorite characters met Shepard. you know like garris tally and liara although i will say it was a bit anticlimactic that for many of them it was just hey i'm going after saren want to come and they're just like sure let's do it let's take it on together eh, it's a little cheesy sometimes i would have wished for a little more at least tallies was a bit more interesting but i had a blast seeing these characters for what was originally the start of their journey 
with Shepard. Now, I know the whole point of the franchise is making choices, but when I'm talking about Mass Effect 1, if you let Rex die on Vermeer, you're just objectively wrong. The the big fella, he is an essential part of 2 and 3, and not having him around, it, it hurts the team, it hurts the mood of the games, and it hurts the Krogan. Like, do you not want the Krogan to actually have a future where they're not just killing each other and can actually be a part of the galaxy? And then, speaking of Vermeer, I've always been a, a Save Ashley player. At some point, I'll need to give poor Caden a try, but honestly, I don't think I ever will. I, I'm just like, sorry, Caden. I mean, I appreciate your sacrifice, but thanks for coming out. But the, the, the whole time, and it was a little, you know, selfish of me to be thinking about this, the whole time I was playing Mass Effect 1, I was just thinking, you know, man, I can't wait to get to 2. But the, the one final comment I have for Mass Effect 1, it was a crazy moment where you can literally skip the first phase of the final Saren fight by persuading him to kill himself. Like... That was a whew, I, 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 you know, we, we saw they did something similar in three with the elusive man, but that was an, I was not expecting that. That was an emotional moment, um, in Mass Effect one, but now I can talk about two and what can I say other than just, wow, the stiff combat, the useless powers fixed my Favorite characters are back and better than ever. They said, hey, you know, there's all these characters you love from one. Well, they're all back, and we just added, like, a billion more characters. Some of the best missions in the whole franchise, and most importantly, the Mako is gone. Although they they couldn't help themselves, and they still decided to put another vehicle in that had no reason to be in the game. But the Hammerhead is not nearly as annoying as the Mako. I'll give them that at least. But for the first time you step on Omega to get Morden or Garrus, it's like, oh yeah, this this is going to be a good game. I mean, the, the, the big thing for me, though, with Mass Effect 2 is with the suicide mission, I want everybody to survive. You know... I don't know what the quote-unquote canon ending is for 2, but it better be that everyone makes it out alive. I cannot imagine 3 without people like Tally or Garrus. You know, the, the statement, there's no Shepard without Vicarian, should be on the wall of the Normandy. Like, they just need to stamp that into the SR2, because that that's the most true statement in the whole franchise. If you get Garrus killed during the suicide mission, the game should revert you, revert your save back to the start of it and say, hey, 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 uh, just try that again because it's clear you have no idea what you're doing and we want you to actually have an enjoyable, uh, correct experience. But I'd never played, and this, this surprised me when I realized it, I'd never played the DLCs back in the day. So, you know, I was, I was pretty excited to give them a shot in, in Mass Effect 2. Um, but I was not expecting them to be great. Like I was expecting, oh, they'll be, they should be pretty good. But wow, like they were great. 
You've, you know, you've got Project Overlord with one of the most haunting and brutal moments in the franchise. You know, when you walk into the, the final room with the VI human hybrid, just, just brutal to look at. You got the Lair of the Shadow Broker, which not only adds so much to the story with Liara, but it's also a blast. Like, it's a ton of fun. And Arrival, which serves as a, as a great setup and bridge to Mass Effect 3. And I want to mention again just how awesome it is that the decisions you make transfer between the games. It, it's it's just such a, you know, I, I know it's not completely unique to Mass Effect, but it's just such a great concept. And, and you, I'm going to say it, it makes me feel like Commander Shepard. Just, mmm, makes, makes, makes me feel like him. But starting three was a bit of a of a conundrum for me cuz for the first couple of hours I was just thinking like you know man this isn't as good as 2 but once I got into it enough I found myself having a great time you know I I I get past that mindset and I'm just having fun the story is way darker but it 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 hits the tone you know they were going for I mean the, the entire galaxy's at stake it's got to be pretty bleak I mean, they, they hit you with the tough decisions that put morality and logic at odds. Like with the Rachni Queen and the Genophage. Although, since, you know, my boy Rex is still alive and Eve was there, I had no problem with curing it. The Krogan are going to be fine. They've got good support. They've got good leaders. They're chilling. Now, if Reeve's there, it's a little more sus. But I do want to quickly shout out the, the design of the Reapers, both sound-wise and visually, because they are legitimately intimidating and, and act like a galactic-level threat would be. You know, something that, oh, traditional tactics don't work against. They turn your own troops and your own people into their troops. You, you can't cut off their supply lines or disrupt their chain of command. You're screwed. I mean, it's, it's an intimidating enemy it, one that you look at it and you go oh my gosh how are we going to beat this well fortunately for you you have commander shepherd who by this time his resume is just literally anything important that has happened in the last few years was because of me let's see Saren, me the collectors me oh a turian krogan alliance me oh a geth quarian alliance me by the end of the game it's oh the defeat of cerberus me the defeat of the Reapers, me. Now, speaking of the re defeating the Reapers, the ending, yes, was a bit disappointing. Going through three games of decisions just for three very similar endings is, is not what we all wanted. I'm going to guess that Destroy is going to be the canon ending going forward, not only because it feels the most logical, what with being the goal of the whole game is to just defeat the Reapers, but also because it's the only one where Shepard can live. And, you know, since they're apparently teasing the next Mass Effect, Shepard better still be alive. But moving on to the DLC for 3, with how great the DLC was in 2, my expectations were, were pretty high. And they delivered again. I mean, Javik was a great squad mate with just so many hilarious moments. He had just as many 
hilarious moments as, you know, dark and serious ones, which was a phenomenal addition to the team. Um, the Leviathan DLC, interesting, thought-provoking, and added, added a ton of lore that I enjoyed learning about. And Omega was some great combat and story in arguably the most unique and cool location in the whole franchise. And finally, we have the Citadel DLC. I'd never played it back when I originally played 3, and all I knew going in was that there was a party, everyone was there, so I should wait until late in the game to play it, and that, you know, everyone loved it. It's it's something that was beloved by fans. And I have to say, those 4 to 5 hours I spent with those missions... Like I said it earlier, it's one of the greatest gaming experiences I have ever had. I was laughing more times than I could count. And the moments they, they put a smile on my face. I knew I was in for a treat when Rex jumped out of a window and took out a shuttle, just 1v1 an entire shuttle of people. And then, you know, they, they start preparing for the archives. Shepard says what everyone's been waiting for you know screw it let's not take two people let's take everyone why not the gang's all here and oh before i forget um i wish there was a paragon interrupt to pay the uh the pizza guy but then you get to the big reveal and it's literally a clone of shepherd the most ridiculous thing like i i never thought it that was gonna be the villain it blew me away and then when that man the 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 shepherd clone turned around and said i should go and then the real shepherd is like do i sound like that i absolutely lost it i enjoyed every single one of the moments in that you know all the squad mate meetings at the apartment the party was a joy to play through i know it's going to be a pretty common opinion but that dlc it was my favorite moment of the franchise it it what an absolute treat to end out on. In my opinion, the Citadel DLC is the true ending of Mass Effect 3. Like, mm. But that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Remap, the gaming podcast. My name is Jared, and I hope you have a awesome rest of your day.